Welcome to Almanac. I'm Emily Thompson, and today I'm going to take you on a journey through the energies of the seasons. Welcome back to the show. Here at Almanac, we are enjoying the calm after the storm of the holiday season. We now get to enjoy a bit of rest while simultaneously doing behind the scenes work that prepares us for the next seasons that are coming up for us. I hope that you are also able to enjoy some post-holiday downtime and that this fresh New Year's feeling feels full of opportunities. Now, we're here today because I cannot go any deeper into this show without spending a solid episode sharing the foundation of why we are even here. And that is that the seasons have energies that our modern lives have disconnected us from. I'm sharing this with the hopes that we can begin to reconnect you to a lost understanding of what it means to live as humans on this planet. And because I believe that by familiarizing ourselves with these energies, we're able to reconnect with them and use them to have access to more fulfilling lives. So this episode is all about the seasons. I'm going to take you on a little journey through them, exploring the energies of each of them, and I'm doing all of this to give you a deeper understanding of what I'm getting at when I talk about seasonal living or what I'm sure I'll be doing for the next forever episodes is harping on and on about embracing the season. I'm also going to expand it all to pull your experience of the seasons out of the world around you and deeper into yourself to give you the perspective of understanding your personal seasons. The work of understanding your personal seasons is actually work that I have been doing for years with creatives to help them bring more awareness into the many aspects of their lives, giving them a deeper understanding of themselves and a shared language and experience that creates some very important perspective and connection. It's easy and really important work that I'm excited to share with you in this episode. Now, if you'd like to get wild, I'm going to warn you, I do invite you (laughs) to turn this episode into a drinking game. (laughs) Feel free to drink every time I say the word season. Extra points if it's water, because you're going to get so hydrated and absolutely gone if it is an adult beverage. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) So let's get started. In our fast-paced lives, it's easy to lose touch with the natural rhythms of the seasons. We're constantly plugged in, which tunes us out from the world around us. I know we all have a basic understanding of the seasons. It's cold in winter, warm in summer, things sprout in spring. And for a lot of us, that's the extent of it. We spend so much of our time indoors with our HVAC systems and eating from grocery stores that have whatever we want almost any time of year, we no longer need to be tuned into the seasons for the surface level experiences of our lives. We will survive (laughs) quite fine for the most part if we're not tuned into the seasons. If you add on top of that, the fact that the modern economy requires us to maintain the same level of productivity all year round, we're even incentivized to tune out and achieve a kind of homeostasis of energy. But this really does go against our very nature as humans. We've literally lost our flow. 
And in doing so, we've lost the understanding of both the structure of what it means to live on the earth and the benefits of doing so. So while I'm not necessarily here to convince any of us to rise up against the structures of commerce, that might be an episode for another time. I do think that we can all do things to reconnect and bring the wisdom of the seasons of the earth into our everyday lives to help us manage our physical, emotional, and mental health. It can also help us connect with the natural systems that govern the world around us and otherwise experience more creativity, joy, and presence in our everyday lives. So let's begin with the basics. We're going to start with the basic mechanics of the seasons, how the seasons even happen. The seasons exist due to the relationship of the sun to the earth and the earth on its axis. So the earth spins on an axis that is tilted at 23.5 degrees from the perpendicular. So it's not straight up and down, though what is straight up and down in space That's a question for another day. It's at a 23.5 degree tilt from that axis. This tilt causes different latitudes, think Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere, to receive different amounts of sunlight at any given time of year. The amount of sunlight dictates the season. What this looks like is in the northern hemisphere when it's summer, the north pole is tilted toward the sun, which means it's winter in the southern hemisphere. Likewise, in the northern hemisphere winter, the north pole is tilted away from the sun, which also makes it summer in the southern hemisphere. To begin to illustrate what this means for life on Earth, let's look at some illustrations of seasonal living from nature from some of our neighbors here on the planet. We'll begin with one of my very favorites, and that is trees. And we'll begin there because for a lot of folks, it's the most accessible example that we've witnessed sort of in the wild. In response to the changing of the seasons, the annual cycle of a tree reflects the conditions presented by each season. So each spring, when the warmth of the sun returns, a tree seemingly comes to life as it sprouts bright green leaves. These green leaves pop out with their food-making physiology, to get started on the growing needed to happen to ready itself to capture the rays of the sun for the production of nutrients for the tree. A new year of the life cycle of the tree more or less begins here. In summer, the tree's leaves are up and out and ready for all the sunshine it can take. Beginning with the leaves, the entire tree is working to turn sunlight into nutrients for itself and as an important part of the entire ecosystem that it inhabits. And it's not just creating nutrients for now, it's storing them for later too, mostly in its root system. In autumn, when the sun wanes and the temperatures chill, the leaves lose their ability to capture sunlight, turning colors and eventually falling to the ground. The tree begins its process of going dormant to survive the winter season. And in winter, the tree survives. Its dropped leaves make it easier to weather the season, and its hard work in spring and summer have enabled it the nutrients it needs to hold on until the cycle begins again. My next example is from another of our neighbors, one you might think of easily when considering animals that embrace the seasons. Bears. In early spring, bears exit their hibernation dens, and they do so quite depleted from their time of being tucked away. They immediately begin their hunt for food. 
By summer, a bear's food sources are truly ready for them to refill, and bears spend this season making the most of their bounty as well as mating. In autumn, bears do a last push to fatten up in preparation for hibernation, and their refilled bellies in anticipation of the impending winter, they tend to be more active during this time of year as well. Finally, there's winter, a season when bears hibernate to conserve energy during a season when food can be difficult to find. They're able to conserve their energy and go without food during these months, and hibernation also keeps them safe and secure while their strengths wane from this lack of food until they're able to come out of hibernation and do it all again. Now, those are just two examples of millions of species on Earth that I can use to illustrate the seasonal cycle of living. But somehow, we humans seem to believe that we're above it. Answer me this. You feel burned out? Have you ever felt burned out or known someone who was? It's become quite the buzzword these days, and though there are a myriad of reasons why we're feeling it, I do believe that a piece of it is that we've strayed from the path of seasonal living. We're hunting all year. We're producing all year, every year. We have to tap back into the flow. It's how we survive. It's how we thrive. But I don't believe we're lost. There is still an undercurrent of seasonality that humans still adhere to. Just ask a farmer about how each season of the year differs for them. The farmers in my family plant in spring, maintain the fields in summer, harvest in autumn, and fly south for the winter to rest and plan for the next year. As a retail shop owner, I certainly have to embrace the seasons. Right now, in winter, it's all about planning and behind-the-scenes work, and all at a slower, more relaxed pace than we work the rest of the year, while business is generally slow. It's inner work. In spring, we have to be ready to get going outwardly again and really begin to do the thing. We hustle through summer, and in autumn, things really start picking up, especially if we've done a good job in spring and summer. In late autumn, the harvest comes in, as the modern world still adheres to many of the themes of this season, just in new and different ways. And then winter, which starts with a bang and calms down really quickly again. We work all year to prepare for that winter bang and for the slowness that comes after. And as I've shared all of this, I'm sure you've connected to the ways in which your life or work also embrace some level of seasonality and perhaps even seen where it's lost. So with that, let's dive into the energies of the season. For the sake of keeping this episode a reasonable length, and so that I don't share my whole thesis all in one go, I'm keeping these descriptions compact and to the point, focusing on both general themes in nature and things we as humans can focus on during these times. Trust me when I say we'll spend many episodes revisiting and expanding on these themes in the future. But where do we begin with a cycle? You know, the nature of a cycle or a circle is that there is no beginning and no end, and that's true for the seasons as well. Traditionally, people would call spring the beginning, but many of us who are connected to the seasons would perhaps begin somewhere else. We'd begin with winter. The thing about death is that it is also rebirth, especially where nature is concerned. And though winter is often the season associated with death, if you look underneath, you'll see that life is beginning. So that's where we'll begin. In the gestation side of late winter, you'll find seeds underground beginning their first moves into life. 
those baby bears are being born in the midst of hibernation. Trees are actually making hardy reaches towards the sky. And for us humans, this is a perfect season for doing quiet inner work and mental preparation for the cycle ahead. Naturally, next comes spring, which is a season that carries the themes of birth, beginnings, creativity, development, enthusiasm, opportunity. Spring is the outward signs of birth and new beginnings. It's the time for planting, real seeds and metaphorical ones. It's time for cleaning, tidying up your den after a season of hibernating. If you've done proper wintering, you're likely heading into spring with all kinds of plans, ideas, and knowledge to put into action. And if you've embraced the winter's theme of rest, you have the energy to do it. You and the rest of nature are fully awakened and the world is open and ready for your first steps. And first steps is exactly what you should be doing, because don't forget, the seeds you plant now determine your harvest. And again, that's true for both literal and metaphorical seeds. Spring is a season of transformation. Go in with an idea, do the work, and the idea will be on its way to becoming something by the end of the season. Summer is a season of flourishing, growth, of waiting it out, of tending to, of expanding, nourishing, abundance, possibility, play, emphasizing the importance on indulging in the richness of nature in full bloom. This is also a season for doing what's necessary to nourish the seeds you planted in spring. The interesting thing is that sometimes what a seed needs is dedication and care, and other times what is needed to help a seed grow is to leave it alone, which is why summer carries the dual themes of work and play. Summer is also the most social season, giving us extra fun on our plates. Luckily for this season, the abundance of light and energy give us what we need to do it all. As such, in this vibrant season, balance is key. You don't want to overheat and you don't want it to go to waste. It's also a season that wants us to cultivate resilience and perseverance to help us reap a rich harvest. In essence, the energies of summer encourage us to embrace the vitality of nature, that outside of us and within us. It also wants us to engage in joyful activities and tend to our responsibilities, all while maintaining a delicate balance in our lives. Autumn is the season of realization, of celebration, of the harvest, of maturation and fulfillment. It is marked by the culmination of endeavors initiated in preceding seasons as well as in preparation for the seasons to come. Remember the tree that has stored away its nutrients, whose final act is a sea of colorful leaves before dropping them in order to best weather the winter? Autumn brings a full spectrum of emotions, anticipation of the coming season, sadness as we leave an abundant one, gratitude in what the present holds. And I'm sure that's no surprise to you. Autumn is a season of gratitude. It's a time to honor ancestors, to express thanks for life's blessings, to share in our bounty, to recognize infinite possibilities, and to practice forgiveness. It's also a season of preparation for the winter ahead. We store up food, make sure our homes and supplies are ready, and it's a season of completion. We complete the projects we started in spring and summer. This is, by the way, the only way you reap their rewards. In many ways, autumn is the season of transition, a time when we harvest what past work provides and prepare for the season to come. Which brings us back around to winter. 
if you've properly prepared, you're physically and mentally ready for its themes of rest, darkness, reflection, of death. As a society and culture, this season is the hardest. We don't like rest and death. We don't value stillness and reflection. We struggle with darkness, with letting go. I personally hate being cold. (laughs) But if you properly prepare and learn to embrace it, winter is quite a magical season. One of getting warm and cozy, of finding solace in the quiet, of filling your cup for the seasons ahead, of taking time to reflect and brainstorm and learn. In terms of reflection, winter wants you to dive deep deep to release and let go of what doesn't serve you, to give it death in order for newness to come through. It's about doing inner work, of getting enough sleep, of efforting outwardly as little as possible. Now, I'm well aware that this is where the modern economy trips us up the most. Most of us can't take off the whole season of winter, but you can try to get a little more shut-eye. Limit your social engagements as much as your mental health will allow and just not push so hard because wintering in general is all about enduring. Not a lot thrives in winter, but you can. You can work to properly enjoy this season and use it as the fuel you need to begin it all again. So here's a recap. Spring is a season of awakening. Summer is abundance and expansion. Autumn is realization. And winter is rest and reflection. I hope that these themes resonate with your experience of the seasons, and I hope that you maybe learned to look at them in a new way as well. It is my goal here on this show and really at Almanac as a whole to help you subtly begin to embrace these energies as you flow through the seasons in any way that you can. And to add an extra layer of this experience, I want to introduce you to a concept of personal seasons as well. These seasons, as described, obviously correspond to the seasons of the year, but they are also the same in what I call the seasons or cycle of creation. In essence, that's what the seasons of the year are doing. They're creating. They're creating all life on Earth, from trees to bears and even humans and millions of species in between. And our creations, our projects, our relationships, our lives also follow these same cycles. It's a little bit of as above, so below magic. Think about it. Every project starts with an idea, needs to come out to the light with its first steps, requires dedication and hard work, wraps up with a reward, and then is laid to rest before we get quiet and start again. And this cycle holds true for all areas of our lives, and it doesn't necessarily flow in tandem with the seasons of the earth. Think of a project at work. What season is it in? Your relationship with your significant other? Your health? Is it in spring with its next phase just getting started? Is it in winter where it maybe feels a little dead and you're not really sure what's going to happen next? The different aspects of your life will be in different seasons in the cycle of creating. Your career may be in spring while your money situation is in autumn. And they move at different speeds too. Maybe your next hobby is quickly going from winter to spring while your education is sitting in summer for the foreseeable future. With this perspective of where different areas of your life fall, it's easier to remember a very important lesson of the seasons. The only constant is change. Nothing ever stays the same. Spring comes even after the most dreadful winter. Summer won't last forever. As the seasons change, we change. We grow. Season after season. 
And with that, I have a little bit of homework for you if you accept the challenge. Note which season you're in in the following areas of your life. You might need to pause and grab a pen. Career. Relationships. Physical health. Emotional and or mental health. Spirituality. Money. Hobbies. Home. Travel and adventure. Education. And any other areas that you can think of. Parenting is a popular one. Which of the seasons is each of these areas of your life in? Bring awareness to them and decide if there's any that need action on your part. And there you have it. Personally, it feels good to get that one out of me. This episode has been years in the making, if I can be a little dramatic about it. I just summered it. I'll take some time to give it some autumn celebration this afternoon, and then I'll head into winter to gestate the next episode. And around here at Almanac, we're getting ready for some very inner behind the scenes work with our annual inventory coming up this week. We're going to count every rock and candle and book and t-shirt in this store. So we're ready to accept some fresh new inventory really soon. As I'll also be bringing in a new rock haul immediately after inventory, which is everyone's favorite time of any season. It's all going to require some enduring, for sure, but I absolutely know it'll be well worth the effort. And if you'd like to either give us fewer things to count or check out what new rocks are dropping on our site, as always, you can visit our site and online store at almanacsupplyco.com or visit us in-store in our cute little shop in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And until next time, embrace the season you're in. Cheers. Cheers.